This is a Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 43 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now, here's your host, rated as one of the best therapists in Kansas City by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I've been here for the last 23 years, the last 33 years in radio here in Kansas City. I'm in my 43rd year of work as a sports psychologist. It's Super Bowl Sunday, a day we've been waiting for here in Kansas City for a long time. And, of course, this is the fourth. It, it, it blows my mind. This is the fourth time in the last five years that she's been in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, let alone 50-year drought between getting to the Super Bowl from back in 1970. So, it's exciting to see what's going to happen today. I know everybody's on edge. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then a lot of people in Kansas City are ready for a parade. But first, you got to play that game. Now, playing that game, you've got to have experience. You have to have knowledge. You have to know what's going on. I've been lucky enough in my career to have met a lot of people. And today, we're fortunate enough to have one of those people on my show, one of the most quality people I've ever met. His name's Al Saunders. He coached for over 50 years as a coach. In the NFL, he's, he's, he's got more knowledge about this than anybody else. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Rams. He coached here in Kansas City with the Chiefs under Dick Vermeil and Marty Schottenheimer. And I've gotten to know Al since the 90s. What, just a quality human being, a great guy, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. So, Al, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. What a great day for Kansas City, and thank you so much for those kind words. I, I appreciate it greatly, and uh, really looking forward to today's game after having worked in Kansas City for 15 years, and just love the city, love the people, and uh, just so excited for Andy and, and the rest of the guys uh, to go out and have a great game today. Well, you know, you and I met quite a while back when uh, Nick Lowry was here with the Chiefs. You came on the show with me back years ago and you were kind enough to take my son Jonathan job shadowing one day which has left an incredible impression on him and his life and I've just appreciated your friendship and the type of person you are because you're the type of personnel that you know it, it, whenever anybody meets you you leave a, a strong message with them in terms of the type of person you are and just how you treat people and that's one of the things I respect about you and that's why I wanted to have you on the show today so I want to thank you for being who you are first of all you're a grandfather you're, you're a husband you're, you're a dad you've got what, how many grandchildren now? We have six and uh, they're growing fast in fact my assignment today uh, is a super bowl day for me because I get to take care of three of them and take them to the animal park uh, in Leesburg, Virginia so <laughs> I'm looking forward to that and and I really did enjoy having your son uh, Shadow I, I really had success though because he did not get into coaching which uh, <laughs> is, is, is it's becoming now one of the most difficult jobs I think other than if you were in a political environment and you know running for president or something like that but uh, boy I tell you what it's, uh, it, it's a tough job and, and 
Americans really appreciate the dedication and, and the time and the effort and the energy and uh, what Andy and his staff and all of the, the staffs in, in, in all levels, the NFL, the college environments, the high schools and the youth programs, uh, you know, the dedicated people that are giving their time and energy and, and passion to the game of, of football and basketball and swimming and all of the other sports that young kids participate in. It's really a really a, a special uh a special calling, I think, coaching. Um, but I, I advised all my children not to get into it. One of them I failed with because he is in it. <laughs> but uh, he, he loves it just like I do and the people that uh, do get involved with the, with the young people of today. What year uh, were you with the Rams when you won the Super Bowl? Uh, it was the 99 season. Uh, we won the game against Tennessee, the one yard short with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Troy Holt and Isaac Bruce and the greatest show on turf. And that was the, the year of the Super Bowl was 2000. Uh, what a, it was in Atlanta. Uh, what a great experience. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we had a, an interesting guest. Dick Vermeil was the coach, uh, and who, who then ultimately came to Kansas City, and I, I came from St. Louis to Kansas City with him after spending 10 years in Kansas City with Marty Schottenheimer. Um, but I, I remember distinctly, there's a lot of things you remember about the Super Bowl and about the year and you know, about all of the, the, the effort and energy uh, and the ups and downs to get there. Um, but I do remember that the week before, during one of our practices, Dick always allowed, you know, he always brought in guests and had them talk to the talk to the team, uh, you know, about whatever they felt at that time was was uh, a value. And um, we were preparing in practice. Uh, Danny had a former Hall of Famer and, and, and Super Bowl participant uh, come and talk to the team or actually was there at practice. He was one of the broadcasters. And uh, his comment was, you know, you, I was a, a rookie uh, with the Oakland Raiders. Um, was a pro bowler in my rookie year, uh, was, uh, you know, went to eight other pro bowls, um, but only went to one Super Bowl. And th- the thing that I remember most is they won the Super Bowl against Philadelphia when Dick was in Philadelphia. This was an Oakland Raider player. Um, and his comment was, the only thing I can tell you is when you go there, you got to win because you may never get back again. And he never played in another Super Bowl, uh, but he, they did win the one he played in. And, and that resonated with us the whole time we were preparing uh, that next week to, to play uh, Tennessee in, in the Super Bowl in Atlanta, and we won that game. And I co- I've coached 50 years, 38 in the NFL, and I never got back to another game, another Super Bowl. We've been in AFC championships, NFC championships, but that was the only Super Bowl I was ever able to play in, and thank goodness we won because you sometimes you only get one opportunity in life, no matter what it is. So I was really grateful for those words of advice. So let me let me ask this question. You, I, I appreciate that so much because yeah, I, I've as you know worked with a couple of Chiefs players, and and I just texted one of them the other day, who's been in, in this will be his fourth Super Bowl now in five years. And I said, I, I know you do not take this for granted. I know you appreciate every second. But I said, just enjoy it because, as you know, it may not happen again. And he responded back, you're right, Doc. Thanks so much because you hit that on the head. You know, th- this team here, obviously Kansas City has for years, 
had frustrated fans not getting to the Super Bowl from 1970 back until the Chiefs were in it a few years ago. And then now this is the fourth Super Bowl in five years. How do you explain that, Al? How do you, I mean, what you just said, you may never be there again. And this team's been there four times in five years. How, how is that? Well, it, there's, you know, every, you know, decade or so, there, 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 there comes a team you know, and we're talking about football, but this is also true in basketball and baseball and uh, any other sport. Um, if I could, is, let me interrupt you for a second. You yourself were, were a great athlete. You were a swimmer. You, you, you run. You work out all the time. You take great care of yourself. So you, you, you've got a knowledge more so than just about football. So I just want to throw that in there. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, it's first of all, <clears throat> the, the, the talent level. Uh, in Kansas City, the, the players you you don't you don't win races uh, like Michael Phelps unless you have Michael Phelps' ability. You don't win uh, Super Bowls uh, unless you have uh, Tom Brady uh, at least consistently year after year a Tom Brady type influence. Or uh, you know you don't win basketball championships year after year unless you have a Lou Alcindor or you know some great player that that allows you from a talent perspective to be able to be at the highest level on a consistent basis and but it in football is it's the true team game because there's so many people and so many things that are involved you know talent level is is one and Kansas City certainly has great talent um the uh, coaching and the direction that's given by uh, the head football coach uh, and, and the assistant coaches the coordinators uh, Andy Reid is is a special special coach uh, he'll be a hall of fame first ballot coach and and certainly deservedly so and then you have the organization you know the Hunt family uh, Lamar Hunt and now Clark and, and Tavia uh, are, are just special people who do things the right way. They have character, they have value, they have ethics. They they do things the way things should be done, and it's a whole organizational effort to do it year after year after year. Um, you know, we just saw the passing of the baton really from uh, New England to Kansas City. Uh, you know, and before that, it was Dallas. Before that, it was you know other teams that just you know generally were always there. And the the, the talent level and the way that the, the organization is run, the city, the fans, everything that goes into winning uh, on a consistent basis is is present at this at this particular time in Kansas City. And you know, they started out this season. You know, everybody was concerned about the offense, and they said Kansas City is not the same old Kansas City. But the old adage in the National Football League is you better be playing your best in in in, in November, December, and January, uh, and February. So it goes, uh, which they're doing. Uh, you know, they have confidence that they've been there before. They have great direction. Um, they're able to change course offensively or defensively through the guidance of Andy Reid and uh, be a consistent factor uh, in the National Football League, which is, in our profession, the highest level that you can possibly be at as either a player or a coach. So um, it's about consistency. It's about focus. It's about direction. It's about talent. And right now, Kansas City has all those things, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. I think this this is going to be a true dynasty, much like uh, New England was with Tom Brady and, and, and Bill Belichick, and uh, it's going to continue. And I'm happy for Kansas City. They're going to sell a lot of burnt ends, and they're going to have a great time there you know, in the next several years. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this game today. Well, you have tremendous experience and knowledge. You, you, you know Andy Reid. You know Kyle Shanahan. 
Um, to get to this level, the, the, the coaching obviously is, is the key, right? I mean, you've got to have great athletes, but if, but if the coaching's not there, the direction's not there, the guidance isn't there, it isn't going to work, correct? I, I agree with that 100%. You know, it goes, it's, uh, goes hand in hand. It's just like your family. You know, you, you have children. Um, it's hard to give them a, a tremendous environment and, and the direct great direct path without a without a great wife you know it's a it's a team effort and uh, it's no different than football or basketball or, or baseball or or anything else it's a team effort for everybody that's involved with it and there are certain people that that don't have that ability to 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 give people direction in a positive way you know we see coaches especially youth sports which is is, is dear to my heart um, many coaches that coach the youth teams it, it, they make it about them you know not about the players and I've always said it, it doesn't matter how many games you win as a youth coach the the real true evaluation of your of your ability to coach young young kids is how many come back and want to play the next year regardless of what sport it is and uh, you know, Andy Reid has that special talent to reach people um, yeah, from all different walks of life, all different socioeconomic backgrounds, and, and, and together find a common goal that's important to all of them and a, and a path and a map to get there. You know, Al, one of my sayings is a great coach checks his or her ego at the door. What's your opinion on that? I think that you're you're so right, uh, and I've said that so many times that it's 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 not who's right, it's what's right, and a lot of times uh, in, in in business in general, you know, people feel like they they you know make a comment or have to do whatever they need to do to back it up, and you know, Dick Vermeil always said, uh, you know, we always have a right. Uh, to change our opinion, and and that's especially true in in professional athletics, where you're evaluating players uh, in the college draft, for example. A, you know, a scout or a, or a coach will say, "Gee, this guy is going to be a great player. He's going to you know end up being you know one of the greatest players at his position." Um, and there are other people that disagree with them, and all of a sudden you do a little bit more study and you find out that well, maybe this guy is not quite what uh, we thought he was going to be. And because of the individual ego of, of the coach or the scout, you know they won't they won't change their opinion. You know because they they want to be right, and it's the same thing when you're coaching young kids. You know, uh, I, I remember my my oldest son, well, both sons uh, went to Rockers High School and, and, and played multiple sports there and, and were very successful. And I remember my oldest son's freshman year. Uh, he wanted to be a quarterback, and, and of course they were an option team and, and very good at it. And uh, my son came home after a couple of practices, and I finally got to catch up with him. I says, "How's practice going, Bobby?" Uh, he says, "Well, we're, we're running the option, you know, and 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 let me show you, you know, what what coach told me today." And so we went out in the backyard. He got a football, and we kind of pretended to be a, a defensive end, and they were running a beer option scheme. And he came down and was supposed to rear read the defensive end in terms of his shoulders and whether to give the ball to the back or to keep it himself. And he kind of went through this little technique and, and, uh, and I'm thinking, man, that, that's not the way to do it. You know, that, that's my, my professional teaching. And, you know, that particular technique is probably not going to be very good. I, I kind of, I started coaching him, you know, how to do it. <laughs> what I thought was the right way. And he looked at me and he says, dad, that's not what my coach said. 
And right at that moment, I thought, you know what? He is absolutely right. And I said, Bob, you do whatever your coach told you to do because that's the way to do it the right way. I mean, my ego could have got in the way and said, well, that guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. There's no way to run the option like that. But um, egos get in the way. They get in the way of relationships. They get in the way of jobs. They get in the way of, of teaching and coaching. And if you can check your ego at the door, you have a great chance, I think, to make a difference in someone's life uh, in teaching or coaching. Well, Al, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today. We're going to go to our first commercial break here in a second, come back. I want to talk, I want to talk about confidence when we come back because, you know, as you and I both know, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top, and that's where self-confidence comes in. My guest today is former NFL great coach Al Saunders, Super Bowl champion himself with the St. Louis Rams. And we're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I'm privileged today to have as my guest, former NFL great coach Al Saunders, a good friend I've known for years, coached here with Kansas City with the Chiefs, of course, the Super Bowl champion with the St. Louis Rams, with Dick Vermeil. And so, Al, let me, let me ask this question. You know, you, you and I have known each other a long time. I respect you immensely for for just the type of person you are. When it comes to self-confidence, you know, this is obviously the biggest game of the year. It's the Super Bowl. The whole world is watching. And I always thought, you know, I, 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 to me, self-confidence is the ability to believe in yourself, your skills, your abilities, your talents. Several years ago, when the Chiefs were in the first Super Bowl here in, on this stretch, I was working with one of the offensive linemen, and he called me the Tuesday before the game when the team was down in Miami training. And he said, Doc, I'm just so nervous. I'm so freaked out about this. And I said, what are you nervous about? He goes, Doc, come on, it's the Super Bowl. I said, yes, it is, but it's just another football game. And I said, I promise you, once you get out there and a couple plays into the game, you're going to be focusing on what you got to do, pulling or whatever you got to do, who you have to block. You're not going to be thinking, oh, my gosh, it's the Super Bowl. And his response to me was, oh, my God, you're right. I'm just so freaked out about all this stuff, the publicity, the, the attention, all the interviews and everything. It's affecting my self-confidence. I said, your self-confidence is fine. You, you've done great this year. You've been doing great. Just focus on yourself. And, it's, and, and remember, in the end, when you're out there, it's just another football game. Let me get your thoughts on that as, as, as a Super Bowl champion coach yourself what, and coach for 50 years. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that was you, you couldn't have given him any better advice, and and I think that the outside influences of things other than our particular assignment or job, you know, really affect some people. And um, if you can bring everything back into focus about every one of those players uh, that are playing today on on both teams, both San Francisco and Kansas City, whatever they're going to be asked to do in in that particular game they've done before and that's the thing that, that, that players in all sports have to realize uh, it's like taking a test in school if you have studied well the the unknown is the thing that creates i think the thing that creates uh, some anxieties uh, w- within us if we studied for a test uh, in history and you're really not sure of, of what the test questions will be there's some real anxiety going into that test. If you knew what the test questions would be and you knew the answer, there would be absolutely no anxiety. You'd just go in and take the test and walk out of there. Well, the, the Super Bowl today is going to be a test. It's, it's a test 
for all the players, coaches, and staff that are involved. But if you've really prepared your your team well and prepared the individuals well, you've given them the answers to the test. And the answers to the test have been situations in practice. And it's not just this week's, last week's practice. It's the practice all year. It was the practice in the off-season program. You were in the, the weight room lifting weights to get your strength to the point where you can perform at the highest level. You know, we've run this particular play or this particular defense or this particular uh, special team scheme, uh, you know, for, for a year, for longer than a year. And you've been extremely successful. And the reason that we're here is you've all been able to focus on the particular task at hand. And there's no reason um, to not do that in this particular contest because we've prepared you. You've had the answers to the test. There will be nothing that you will see on the field that will be different than you prepared for. And if there happens to be, it will only be one play. And you've got another 50 plays in the game to perform at the level that you're capable of performing. And you can do this. You have done this. You will do this. And we'll win today if you just do your job and every single person does the same thing. Just do your job and focus at the moment. Don't worry about things that have been said or, or how it's going to affect anybody. That has no bearing on your ability to perform. And, and self-confidence, I think, uh, is imparted. You, you, you gain self-confidence by people uh, giving you confidence or, or creating an environment uh, that breeds positivity and success. Um, we we all as in coaches have been with or seen coaches that coach from a negative perspective. That doesn't build self confidence, uh, you know, in your players or the people you're dealing with. Nor would it with your children and your own family. If you call a, a guy a chump enough, he's going to think he's a chump. If you call a, a guy a champ enough, he's going to think he's a champ. And to know that other people are supportive and other people uh, are, are, you know, vehicles for your success and have prepared you the best they can prepare you, uh, there's no reason that, that you, you can't have self-confidence. Uh, confidence to me is in life is, is, is really important, uh, you know, in daily life and in, in, in attacking the problems that you have on a day-to-day basis uh, in society or with other people. Uh, and the great thing about athletics and athletic competition, it gives you an opportunity to develop those skills and, and develop some self-confidence in your ability to, to perform tasks that uh, you yourself may not have felt like you were able to do. But the good coaches and the good mentors and the, and the good parents give their, their, their children and, and, and their, their players uh, a tool to deal with the rest of their life. And that's the ability to have confidence through your preparation and through your focus in achieving tasks that you might not have thought was possible. My guest today is former NFL great coach Al Saunders, Super Bowl champion himself with the St. Louis Rams. So, Al, let me ask this question. Okay, the, the role of a coach in a, in a game like this, is it different than any other game during the season? The pressures, obviously, to win are, are enormous to win the Super Bowl. But when you're out there in the middle, in the midst of the game, what's going through your mind? You know, I've watched you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of NFL games, obviously not from the same perspective as you as a coach. But I recall a, a playoff game between the Seahawks and the Packers several years ago. And... It was in Seattle. Seattle was down. 
and they scored a touchdown, and then they were down by, let's take one score, and they attempted an onside kick. And the ball took a weird bounce and went over the Green Bay. It was a tight end. His head hit his helmet, and Seattle recovered the ball. That player went to the sideline. The special teams coach ripped off his headset, went over a screaming in his face. He had to be pulled away from this player who was sitting there with his, his head in his hands, pulled away by several players, yelling at him, leave him alone, leave him alone. Well, there were still five minutes left in the game. So, you know, the role a coach had, I, you know, that I, I thought that was ridiculous the way that guy treated that player. He didn't do it on purpose. The ball took a weird bounce. What's the role of a coach in a game like this? The pre- Obviously, the pressure was very strong there to, to, you know, to win the playoff game. So what's the role a coach has in a game of this magnitude? You know, the, the role of the coach, I think, is is to give direction, support, um, and uh, positive advice to the players that you coach. Uh, everybody's personality is so different. And that particular coach may have been affected by the magnitude of the moment. And there are some coaches, and we've seen them on all levels, in all sports, that think the way to uh, correct players or to... Uh, teach players is from being a very uh, vocal uh, and sometimes very negative uh, person. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things to me that really uh, kind of bothers me a little bit about football coaching um, is that I think the general impression of some people is that you've got to be the toughest, the loudest, the meanest uh, person to succeed. And and that's not always that that's not ever true. It, it's it's nice to be tough physically and mentally. It's 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 uh, you know there, there's a lot of positive qualities in different personalities. But some coaches uh, their their true inner personality is revealed in times of stress, you know. And that particular coach uh, responded in a way you have to you have to you have to judge how your response. Uh, is going to affect an individual's performance, especially in a game of the magnitude of today. Uh, that that player that he approached, some players you can yell and scream at, and and what they call tough coaching, <laughs> you know. And the player just it just he can just shrug it off and and, and just move on. And to some people, it motivates them. Um, to others, uh, it really creates a, a very very difficult situation for in which to be successful because they think that they've let down that particular coach or they let down their team, and now all of a sudden you're emphasizing the fact that you're a failure, not a success. And uh, you, you know that particular situation to me that it, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good. Um, and it certainly it didn't do anything to help that player come back and perform because five minutes left to go in the game, he might have to go out and do something to win the game. You know, so uh, every individual is different. Um, every personality is different. Some coaches uh, should check their ego at the door, like you said, because the failure or success of that special teams unit, the responsibility falls on that coach. And the responsibility of the offense success or defensive success falls on the, the, the particular coordinator. Uh, the success of a particular position falls to, at the feet and the responsibility of that position, particular position coach. And so all of a sudden it becomes a me, not them. It, it becomes a, an ego thing like we talked about earlier. You know, the, 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 the individual 
special teams coach's ego is involved because the, the special teams has failed, so he feels like he's failed. When in fact, to, to rebuild that player's confidence or to give him some direction if that situation comes up again, um, it would work out well for 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 both of those people. So I I, uh, I didn't see I, I probably saw that particular play if it was if it was in a, a, a Super Bowl previously, but uh, I, I don't recall the particular instance. But I do know that uh, you know you build people up, you don't tear them down for them to have success. And in the heat of a battle or a heat of a competition. That's that. That may be the worst time to do something like that. I know. Uh, several years ago, when the Seahawks won the, the Super Bowl <clears throat> earlier in the year, there was a big article written about uh, Pete Carroll and his coaching techniques. And I can't remember the coach's name. He used to be the the Raiders head coach. He became the offensive line coach with the, with the Seahawks. And he was interviewed in this article, and he said, "When I used to, when I coached before, I used to yell and scream. I didn't realize until I came here that's not how you coach." Now I listen, and I and I and I don't yell and scream. I listen to the players, and it's made a big difference. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, well, you know, Pete is. That's why Pete has been a successful coach. You know, he won national championships at the University of Southern California. He's won Super Bowls with Seattle. He's coached for many, 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 many years, and and uh, this is the first year I think in the last. In fact, we, we kind of came up together. I, I, I played against Pete when he was at the University of Pacific, and I played at San Jose State in, in college. And uh, so our, our careers have kind of paralleled each other all through the years. I decided to retire a little bit sooner than he did. <laughs> but but the, the, the thing that you said to me that, that is uh, intuitive is that the word listen. You know, I, I think we all uh, look for opportunities to, to say how much we know and to talk about different things when really the, the quality of a good teacher in a classroom, a good parent, uh, or a, a good coach is the ability to listen. I mean, how many of us as parents, and I have three children and they're all married and they now, they now have six grandchildren, um, I'm a better listener to my grandchildren than I was to my children. Um, because I've learned the value of listening and learning what other people need for success. It, it's not a, I've always heard the comment, you know, treat people like you would like to be treated. You know, treat people like you would like to be treated yourself. And I'm not so sure that is the best advice because uh, somebody told me uh, that you don't want to treat people like you want to be treated. You want to treat people like they want to be treated. And, and when that's, you think that's about great, it, that's, that's a great statement. I love that. Yeah, when you think about it, 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 it it's so true. You know, there are some people that, uh, you know, they're a little bit mentally stronger than other people. I mean, how many times as we have parents not listened to our children, uh, you know, either pleading for help in their own personal life uh, or uh, their academic life or their athletic life, and, and because you're not sensitive to really the listening of it or of players or of the, the, if you're an individual sport coach like swimming or track or golf or tennis, you know, every one of your, your, your students, every one of your players have special needs. And sometimes they're, they're hesitant to tell you how they feel or what they need, but they'll, they'll talk in a way that is trying to indicate to you that they need help with this technique or they need help with their confidence or they need help with 
their their schoolwork or whatever, we as as parents and coaches have to be really good listeners. And Pete, in that example, was a really good listener. And and you change the way you approach people individually and collectively on the on the needs that they have. And I think Andy's done that with the Kansas City Chiefs um, this last year during the entire season. The defense was really carrying that football team early in the season and and has all through the playoffs. The defense has played tremendous, and the defense hasn't gotten enough credit from a football standpoint, uh, I don't think, from the standpoint of what Kansas City has been able to accomplish. And the special teams have been outstanding. You know, the offense, as talented as they are, um, you know, they've had some issues with the wide receivers, you know, not catching the ball and doing some of those things, but they have, they haven't scored as many points as they have in the past. They haven't been as productive as they have in the past, but, but Andy, um, found a way to bring the team together and understand that it's a team game. He listened to the players. He listened to his coaches. Uh, yeah, I think that is such an important quality to have. Um, it's so easy not to listen because you always think you have the answers. It's not always the case. You have the answers when you listen to people and to students and to, to players um, and, and providing them what they need for success. My guest today is Al Saunders, former NFL great coach, Super Bowl champion with the St. Louis Rams. Having a wonderful interview with him today. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm privileged to have as my guest Al Saunders, Super Bowl champion himself with the St. Louis Rams, a good friend I've known for for, for a long time, coached 50 years, and a great athlete himself. And we've been talking about Super Bowl, about, about the mindset that goes into success and failure. So let me ask you a few questions here, Al. So you, you and I met years ago through Nick Lowry, who was working with me at the time introduced us and you came on my show back then and we've we've become good friends since the role of a kicker in a game like this you know last year Harrison Bucker kicked a game winner at the end of the game he had missed a kick earlier in the in the game um, the role of a kicker in the Super Bowl becomes highlighted maybe more so than ever you know in the playoffs just recently Tyler Bass the Bills kicker missed a kick towards the end of the game that, that basically left the Chiefs with the victory. He received death threats. He had to get off social media after that. He received death threats from people because he missed a kick. The pressure on a kicker, I think, is maybe more, you know, let's face it, the pressure on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Pacheco and Chris Jones and all that, but, but the pressure on kickers, Al, talk about that. Yeah, that you know, that's a... That's not a not a job for the faint of heart, for sure, um, because there is so much emotion and so much focus on that particular player um, because of what they do and because of just the the the, uh, the isolation of, of that particular moment when they're performing. And the the, the reason that it's so highlighted in, in a game like today is, first of all, it's the last game. It's the Super Bowl. It's the two best teams in the National Football League. So basically the two best teams uh, in the sport, the, the, the highest qualified, the most successful players uh, and coaches and staff are, are playing today for one game, the World Championship. And you don't often get an opportunity 
to participate in a world championship. It, it's a special moment, and th- the game is going to be close, most likely. Uh, most Super Bowls are. I remember when we played in in, uh, in St. Louis and played Tennessee. Um, gosh, we were a dominant football team as they were defensively. We were offensive. We had the greatest show on turf, and it came down to a play um, with time running out on the clock, the Tennessee marched down and, and they were one yard short of scoring and, and we win the game. Um, that's the kind of game Super Bowls generally are. They're very, very close games because they're two extremely talented football teams and coached by the best coaches uh, in the game. And typically it comes down to maybe a kick, uh, you know, a kick to win it uh, or a kick to put it in overtime. You know, a kick to win in overtime, and, and somewhere in the game, there's going to be a couple of kicks, either extra points or or, or uh, field goals, that will make the difference in the score and the winning in the game. So, on on the mind of those place kickers, and people can kind of eliminate the importance of the snapper and the holder on a, on a field goal or a PAT. Those guys are really critical too. Yeah, because it's a, it's kicker, a total team effort with those three guys. If the snaps off, oh, if God. the holds off, then it, the kick miss. But then the kicker gets oh. blamed for it more so than them. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, everybody in the stands. You know, the the eighty five thousand people and and the, the hundred million people that will be watching the game tonight. Um, when when both of those kickers line up as field goal kickers uh, or PAT kicks, uh, the place kickers, every single pair of eyes are focused only on those guys. The, the television cameras aren't focused on the offensive line or the guys on the sideline that just drove the ball, you know, 75 yards down the field to put them, you know, 35 yards away from, from a field goal to win the game. It's the one, one human being that has prepared his whole life every day of the week, every day of the year, uh, every day he, he's been a, a place kicker, to put that ball through the uprights. So the, the interesting thing to me, when, when you're watching the game tonight, and there are going to be kicks, there's going to be PATs, there's going to be field goals, when they typically have the television shot of behind the field goal kicker or the place kicker towards the, the goal post, and you look at how far that is, and how small those uprights are, and that player, his 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 training, his ability, his you know his job is to put that that little ball through those uprights, fifty some yards away down the field. It's 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 phenomenal. But if they focus on all that other stuff, there's no way that they're they're going to have success. The pressure is unbelievable. Only if you allow the pressure to affect you. All the, the 100 million people that are going to be watching all over the world tonight, you know, the people in the stadium that are going to be screaming and yelling, um, somehow, some way, they've got to they've got to focus on that kick and their technique, and that's why practice and self confidence and preparation uh, is is all important because that, that, that's not an easy job. Those kickers, uh, God bless them, they are they're special. And uh, I, I can't even imagine myself <laughs> having coached for 50 years and 38 in the National Football League. I, I wouldn't want to be a kicker. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be a, 
a guy where you play 50 or 60 plays a game, and, and if you make a little error, you have a chance to come back and, and make a great play later. The kickers don't have that opportunity. You'd rather be, you'd be an offensive lineman is what you're telling us because nobody sees when you make a uh, I'm mistake. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I, I don't eat that much you know, on, on, <laughs> for dinner or breakfast. Um, but a position player has – you know, during the course of the game, has a number of opportunities to either make plays or not make plays. Um, but a but a kicker only generally has one uh, as the focal point. If you're kicking that kicking that kick to win the game with no time on the clock or with a couple of seconds left, and you've got to put it through those upgrades, and it means winning or losing the game. That, that's un, un, unbelievable. And and you're right. We've always told all our players, stay off social media. Don't read the papers. Don't read what people are saying. Um, you know, just do your job and, and, and focus on your job at hand. And there's nobody better to do it than, than you at that particular situation. And then some, some guys miss a kick and they never recover from it. You know, some guys make a kick and, uh, you know, it, it changes their, their the course of their life. Well, we, we're very fortunate here to have who I think the best kicker in football, Harrison Butker, who this year only missed two kicks. One, one with a ball that was deflated by the refs in New England, which was sort of ridiculous, and then one against the Raiders. He's made every kick this year. And, and it's interesting, last year in the Super Bowl, you know, he missed a field goal in the first half, uh, yet he kicked the game winner at the end of the game. And, and I, with my clients, I'll talk about that, and I'll say, you know, what do you think the most important kick in that game was, and what was the biggest kick? To me, the biggest kick was the field goal he made at the end of the game that won the game. But the most important kick to me was the extra point he kicked after the missed field goal, because you don't want to miss two kicks in a row, let alone the Super Bowl. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, every kick is important. Every play is important, you know, and, and it, it matters how you respond from the failure of a particular kick, especially during the, the course of a game. Um and, and if you make it, it it's just it, it, that's that's your job. That if you make the kick, and and that that is to be expected. Missing the kick is unexpected. So how do you in in life? How do you do something? Um, and and it doesn't measure to your standards. Uh, do you go backwards or do you go forwards? And and that that's the quality of, of a really good kicker. The 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 unfortunate thing is. If you only have one kick left, <laughs> you know, if you have one, there's two seconds on the clock, you've got a 35 yard field goal to kick, and that's the only one that you have, then there's no rebounding from that if, in fact, you miss the kick. But that's when the, the focus and, the, and the, the attention and the detail and the preparation all come into play. And, you know, how a kicker responds from a failed kick at the end of the game really affects what he does next year and, and what he does uh, in, in the course of his career that follows or in his life. So it, it's no different than, a, than taking an SAT test for college and not doing as well as you expected to do. Um, the good thing is you have another chance to take that test again, you know, or, uh, but it, 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 that's what makes the high level uh, championship contest so special and, and, and so revered in the eyes of athletes. Our Olympic trials, the swimming Olympic trials and the marathon, you know, took place last week um, on, on Saturday. And we had a, a marathoner, a female marathoner that won the Olympic trials in the marathon. First time she has ever run a marathon. She was a 10K uh, 
in a 5K wow. run. Wow. Uh, first amazing. time she's ever run a marathon and set a, an Olympic trials record. Um, now, what a, an amazing performance that was, you know, and to take someone like that, and, and it's not football, but it, it's still athletics, it's still human nature, it's still human performance. You know, this gal went out and, and ran the fastest time ever for a United States athlete in an Olympic trials, and now will represent us uh, in the Olympics, uh, you know, this summer. And now she's got another race to perform, and it'll be interesting um, to see how she performs in the Olympic Games with the greatest athletes in the world. Um, is she going to be, uh, you know, obsessed with who she's racing against? Is she going to be obsessed with, gosh, I've only done this one time, you know, now I've got to do it again on a world stage? Or is she going to understand that it's not about the people she's competing against, it's competing against herself? If she can run that same time uh, in the Olympic Games, maybe, just maybe, she will be a world champion. You know, so it's no different than a kicker. Uh, you know, I've got one chance to do this. Can I do it again? And and I have every confidence that if if can't if if Patrick Mahomes takes that that team down the field tonight, you know, on a on a eighty yard drive at the end of the game, and it's going to take a fifty two yard field goal to win it. I, I will I will put my money on Kansas City because that kicker has the the, the mental fortitude to do it and and I don't I don't hold the uh, the New England game against them because it seems like there's a lot of football issues in New England <laughs> <Either> with quarter, <laughs> quarter, quarterbacks or with kickers and, and I've played up there many many times and uh, there's always something that's going on up there so uh, he he has the training he has the coaching mentally. And emotionally, people like yourself that have dealt with him and, and, and have prepared his frame of mind in a way to go out and do the job that, that is so very, very difficult. And that will be to make that kick at the end of the game to have Kansas City be a Super Bowl champion again. And I have no doubt in my mind that he will be able to do that. We've got about three minutes left, Al. I want to ask you this question. I, I have a Super Bowl jersey from one of the Chiefs players in my office. And on there, he wrote several things, and one of them is FOE. FOE stands focus on effort. Because I always talk about FOE instead of FOR, focus on effort instead of focus on results. In about two minutes, tell me your, tell me your opinion on that. Well, I, I think what a, what that, that's a jersey, and that's a saying that the San Francisco 49ers defense should have. Um, they've received a lot of uh, negative criticism lately for not pursuing uh as they have done in the past. They've got the most talented front seven um, of any team in football, in my opinion. Uh, and their defensive performance has not been up to the standard that it has been in the past, either individually or collectively. And if, if, if somebody takes that jersey and, 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 and before, the, before the game in the locker room stands up and says, we will win this game if we FOE our front seven, um, that would be great. Advice. Yeah, but, they, but yeah, let I, me. Inter- but Al, they can't do that. That's the Chiefs jersey in my office. I won't let San Francisco look at that. Oh, I know. But if anybody's <laughs> here in this program this morning, they've still got about seven or eight hours before. <laughs> I don't care how it gets in the locker room. If I if I'm San Francisco, that's that's the mantra 
that they need to, to, to have success today. So let's hope that they're not listening today. Let's hope that they go out and perform like the, on defense like they've done the last uh, you know several weeks in the playoffs. And let's hope San, uh, San Francisco uh, ends up feeling the pressure of the kicker at the end of the game to win it for the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. We'll all be rooting for the Chiefs. I'm going to have uh, some burnt ends tonight in honor of the Chiefs, and uh, I hope I have a glass of wine after the game to celebrate. You know, <laughs> you're the best. I, I, I love, you know, you've been on the show with me before. I love talking with you because your knowledge is just unlimited as far as all this goes, but mostly about people, too. And, you know, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate what you're about. Um, you've known me for years. Um, you're you're one, of the, one of the best people I've ever known in, in life, forget not just sports, in life, because your knowledge, your understanding of people is is what I think has made you so successful and and now what what I love about you Al Saunders is now you're you're out of football and you're a grandfather and you're taking care of your grandkids so go enjoy that today uh, I know you're going to watch the game and uh, I know you'll be rooting for both teams because you have connections but I but I know in your heart you're a Chiefs fan you're going to be a Chiefs fan tonight am I uh, hopefully I'm right on that one well, thank you. You are absolutely, and I've known Kyle Shanahan since he's been in diapers because Mike Shanahan is one of my very close friends in football. Uh, and I love the Kansas City Chief organization, the city, the people, the fans, Andy Reid. Um, and I've got to say, Kyle, I'm sorry, but uh, I, 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 I've known you, like I said, since you're in diapers, but I, I'm all Kansas City. I'm, I'm wearing red uh, tonight. Uh, my wife's wearing an old Kansas City jersey tonight. Um, we're going to be in front of that television rooting like crazy that the Chiefs uh, come out successful. And thank you for the, the kind words and uh, the feelings are mutual. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any better in the profession. And like I said, I've been in coaching for 50 years. I don't know that there's anybody better in preparing uh, athletes mentally and emotionally to perform at the highest level than those athletes that you've coached. They're so fortunate to have been under your guidance and your tutelage. And uh, let's hope when the kicker goes out there tonight that he remembers all the things that you've told him and the support that you have for him and he puts that ball through the uprights and uh, we have a, have a great evening. Al Saunders my friend thanks for joining us today take care of yourself and we'll talk soon appreciate it. Thank you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs hope you've enjoyed our show if you want to get a hold of me you can reach me at my office 816-561-5556 send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com take care go Chiefs